Hello and welcome back to the What The Fork Sunderland preview podcast and our first preview show of the season. That's right, Sunderland are back and this time it won't be in League One for the first time in our podcast history. And our first preview of the season couldn't be more exciting really, as myself and I think several hundred Sunderland fans will get set ahead over at Portugal, flights dependent, for a pre-season doubleheader against Europa League finalists Rangers and Europa Conference League winners Jose Mourinho and AS Roma. And to preview our first match, I suppose, of this season, or the first game in Portugal, at least, with myself, as someone I've podcasted with many, many times in the past, and a very, very good friend of mine, Mr. Scott Patterson of Rangers Podcast. This is Ibrox. Scott, how's the wife? How's the kids? You all right? Yes, very well, Graham. Thanks for asking. Um, busy time, summertime, so they're desperate to be outdoors, weather-dependent, um, and, and so are the kids. Uh, and uh, <laughs> we're, um, yeah, we're looking forward to hopefully some nice weather a wee bit later in the summer when we manage to get a holiday, certainly. But yeah, no, they're very well. Thanks. Thanks for having me on as well. I appreciate the invite. No, it's, good. it's just a good catch up for me, if I'm completely honest with you. Hopefully, the listeners just agree. <laughs> um, football is back. It's, it was a crazy end of the season for both of us, really. I think everyone's seen what happened with Sunderland, everyone absolutely seen what happened with Rangers. We've had a bit of a breath. I've been able to look back and cry again over Sunderland winning at Wembley about seven or eight times. Um, for Rangers, it was an exhilarating end of the season, but in many ways disappointing. Um, now that you've had five or six weeks to, to look over the campaign and, and kind of what happened during it, the good and the bad, how do you view it? I think, you know, I think last season will go down as, a, as an opportunity lost, I think, to be honest with you. I think when you look at the the final itself, I, I didn't think Frankfurt were any great shakes. I, I don't think we played particularly well on the night either. Um, but I didn't think they were they were hugely better than us. I, I thought they had a, a, a spell in the first half where they were the better team, kept the ball better. I felt moved it around a, a lot sharper than we, that we had done at that point. But I felt for the remainder of the game, Rangers were pretty much on top without really creating a, a, a barrel load of chances. And, and listen, that that moment when Aribo scores, um, the, the sort of... 10, 12 minutes or so after that, when you are a fact that you I mean you've you've won it at that at that point, you're not really caring about anything else. Um those were those were 12 really, really good minutes. And um I think you'll you, the Rangers fans will always look back on on that moment as when Aribo scored as something particularly special, particularly guys of, of a, a certain vintage like myself. So I'm I'm 42. Um so very aware that this season they've celebrated the 50 years anniversary of the Barcelona Bears. And of course, there's the, the Rangers 72 um, film that's out just now, which which covers that in depth. Um, and, uh, you know, it probably reduces a lot of Rangers fans to tears because it's, it's a really emotional watch. Um, and I think, naively enough, maybe some supporters thought, do you know what I mean? We could, we could do this. We could really, really do this. And I think we were all in that sort of bucket, if you like. We, we did think it was a really good opportunity, and it was. On the night, it, it just wasn't to be, I think, the, the thing that they did do that I, I felt was particularly impressive is that they came back and, and really pulled their socks up and 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 won the, the Scottish Cup final, which is a trophy that's been synonymous with Rangers' success in the 150 years. So um, it was good to get that trophy back again. Um, but I think for them to to go from such a such a low, and it must have been a low for some of these, these guys, Aaron Ramsey in particular, a huge low for him, um, to, to go from that low to then really having to be ready to, to maintain a high that following weekend for the Scottish Cup final, I think was quite admirable. You've got to factor in the fact it was 
double extra time as well and absolutely. stuff like that. So, yeah, absolutely. And, and I think it's weird. I don't think, I mean, obviously people know that I live up in Scotland. People know I'm frequently uh, at Ibrox as well, um, although Sunderland done my first team. Um, I'm not really sure you could have written the script for it last August. I think I'm not wrong here in saying Rangers were comfortably favourites for the, the title. Got to be fair to Celtic and say that they've had a resurgence and done and done really well under Postacoglu. But then again, no one expected a, a European final. Um, ultimately, was there more positives for that season than, than negatives now that you look back at it? Nah, that, see, that's difficult because I, I think when you start out um, in August and, and we'll start out in a, in a couple of weeks, um, the priority is, is to win the league. And it'll, it'll always, I can hear my This Is Ibrox editor in the background screaming at you. League's priority, league's priority, league's priority. And listen, he's absolutely right. Um, the, the importance of, of winning the league at the start of the season can never, never be understated. That's the bread and butter. That's what you need to do. Um, it's what I think a manager will ultimately always be judged on. Um, and do you know, I think Giovanni Van Bronckhorst will know going into this season that while, you know, progression to the to the Champions League and incidentally it looks possible the you know what I mean there's a, a good chance the Rangers could get to the Champions League this year. Um Gio will know that that his priority and um, when when they walk out in the, the Tony Macaroni in a couple of weeks time um he'll be very very aware that he'll be monitored on what he does in the league next season. I don't think there's any doubt about that. You touched on Giovanni Van Broncos there and I think I personally think that's in the whole um Progression, shall we say, that Stephen Gerrard, for me, built Rangers' team from, from scraps for going from players such as Rob Keenan into, you know, the likes of what we see now and, and Bassey and stuff like that. And there's countless examples of that. Um, he left in the middle of last season rather unexpectedly, I would say, in many ways, although kind of half expected at some point. Um, he's replaced by Giovanni Bronkhorst, who at points has had people saying he's not good enough, at points really praised him. He's only really had a year, and uh, not even a year, sorry, half a year in charge. You personally, how do you view the time he's had in charge so far? Um, listen, it's been okay. I, 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 I probably wouldn't go much further than that. And the reason I wouldn't go much further than that is that I, just as you say, he's not really been had a, a full sort of summer transfer window to be properly judged on. He's not a full season to, to, to be judged on as well. Um, the, the one thing that will go against him and he'll know this from being a player at Ibrox and I think this is the huge difference just now Giovanni Van Bronckhorst played in a really successful Rangers team so he knows the pitfalls of playing for the club and, and now he's finding out just how difficult it is to manage the club so he's getting it from, from two completely different perspectives and I'm sure they are entirely different um, I think his, his season last season was, I think you could consider it a success uh, I think a lot of times you'll look back on some some decisions that he, he, he perhaps didn't make during the the season. He'll look back at games. The, the one that obviously jumps in to everyone's mind is the the defeat at Celtic Park in February. Um, he, it's no coincidence that he learned his lessons. I think from that night at Celtic Park, he never lined up in any of the other two games that followed in a, in a similar sort of vein. Um, he, he, of course, they they lost the the second Ibrox Old Firm derby at um, at home, uh, and he also dropped some silly points. Um, you know, points away at Dundee United, um, points at Ross County, which was a just an absolute shambles in the end. Um, and 
he will look back on on those as as missed opportunities, and it's it's fine lines if if the if the results go in another manner in Rangers' favour. Um, Rangers are looking at um, qualifying for the for the Champions League for this season, and the discussion that that's going on just now about bringing in new players and how much they spend in new players probably doesn't come into any Rangers fans' mindset. Talked about signing players and things there, and I think Ross Wilson is a source of um, much discussion, shall we say, especially up here. He's had some real successes. Um, I think it's hard to deny he's had some absolute horrendous decisions. Um, unfortunately, I think for him, a lot of them came last summer. Um, you look at the players he brought in, I think Lundstrom obviously eventually became a massive success. I think it's debatable, but I think Sakala scored goals. I think that's potentially a a benefit as well. And I've said this before about Sunderland, I've said it about many clubs. I think you're only really your manager has a lot to do with it, but you're only really as good as your recruitment in a lot of pay, a lot of cases. And he's obviously not 100 percent in charge of that geo. Whereas Ross Wilson is, you want to wrestle a title back. You've just said before how important winning the title back is. It is the Rangers and Celtic. It's the, the be all and end all in most seasons. Um what does Ross Wilson need to give Geo, do you think, to, to wrestle that title back? I think, well, I, th- I think if you're talking about sort of filling positions and filling jerseys, I, I we've, the right wing um, position is a problem. I think we do have we do have Scott Wright that can play there and indeed did, did throw out a, a couple of good performances um, towards the end of the season. Um, his goal in the Scottish Cup final, cracking, probably an underrated finish, to be honest with you. Um, I think elsewhere I'd like to see him bring in a a a, a box a penalty box striker. So not someone that does the work that Alfredo does, not someone that does the work that, that Kmar Roof does. Someone someone of the ilk almost of Chris Boyd, who will score sort of two three goals when they're playing against teams like Ross County. I apologise to any any Ross County fans watching. I'm just using that as an example. But the smaller sort of teams, the bottom six teams, teams like Aberdeen. <laughs> um, maybe what, what you're looking for is a, is a striker who's going to take advantage of maybe playing against those lesser experienced teams and, and defenders in, in the top league and really scores a bad load of goals because the reality is we can't rely on Alfredo Morelos for another season to drag us through up front and I think we've we've almost found ourselves relying on that now whether that's because of the way the team's set up or it's whether Morelos is just keen to play every game, which I'm sure he is. Um, but I think we have to find a way to rely on someone else to score 20 goals a season. Um, because at the moment, the the um, the output from Morelos is there, but I think it's unfair to look for it for another year. Yeah, absolutely. And, and there's a big question mark over whether he'll still be there. Like there is every single summer. It never changes. But I think frustratingly, and obviously people know what I write for a Scottish newspaper, so I see what people look at. And Rangers transfers is never far from the top of the, the most read list. Um, frustratingly, there's been more talk of outgoings um, this summer. Calvin Bassey's obviously had a phenomenal year. He's an absolute monster of a player. He looks tremendous. He's been linked to Villa. That's died down a little bit. Joe Rebo's a new one. You're left on his contact, linked to Palace, linked to other places. And I touched on Morelos again there again. There's a lot of links to players going out, how much they're going to bring in, how they can be re- reinvested. But moving away from them potentially going, how important is it to actually keep hold of those players as well? Oh, it's critical. Listen, it's really critical. I, I think what we have just now is we have the situation to get all the guys that you, you've mentioned. I mean, 
Bassey, will his stock ever be higher? Well, so for example, if the, if the funds that are being discussed is 25 million indeed, is, do you know what I mean? If we knock back 25 million in the summer, a year down the line, if he doesn't sign a contract extension, his his value won't be 25 million regardless of how of, of how well he plays. And he's a wonderful player, great versatility. Um, and you can see him, um, I think you can really see him going on to be a monster in the, in the Premier League if he ever gets his move down there, I really do. Um, elsewhere, uh, Aribo, Kent, Morelos, all moving into the last years of their contract. Really dangerous situation. I felt we played um, the cards as far as Goldson were concerned, very close to our chest. I, I think there was maybe more knowledge from a Rangers perspective that he was going to stay there, maybe what everyone maybe was led to believe. I don't believe for a second we let the season disappear in the fashion that we did and then he pressed like signed on for the last four years, for example. I think there's a bit more to it than that and I'm delighted for that because he's a wonderful big defender. Um, do we are, are we comfortable with running the same sort of risk with guys like Kent and, and Morelos and Aribo? I certainly aren't. Um, I, I would hate to lose um, these guys for nothing and I, I think there is a risk of that. You can look at, particularly Morelos, I mean, Morelos came in for a million pound, I think it was, um, from Finland. And the money that he's probably generated for the football club alone and his exploits since then. Um, and not just last season. I mean, you look at the 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 trips to the trips to Feyenoord, the trips to Porto, where he I mean he played out his skin. The two headers um that he scored in Feyenoord were absolutely incredible. If you if you're seeing them on match of the day on a Saturday night or you're watching them on La Liga TV. And Ronaldo's on the end of them. They're waxing lyrical about them. So um, he's someone who you would like to sign uh, another extension. And if he signs another extension, this applies to any of them. If they all sign extension and then choose to move next season, it gives Rangers the, the opportunity to, to bag some cash financially. However, um, I want to tell you the the, the, the Bosman ruling really puts the the, the play in the hand of the players and if, if the players decide to run down their contract and no one comes in for them um, then it gives them carte blanche to do what they want when their contract runs down I hope we don't get into that situation I think the one saleable asset that we can make good money from as well this summer potentially would be Glenn Kamara um, Brighton were apparently sniffing around him sort of three or four weeks ago um, and on his game, Kamara's excellent. I don't think we've seen the best of him last season, but the season before, ironically enough, we weren't allowed anywhere near Ibrox. He was different class. He was absolutely fantastic in that season of 55. Um, and I think he's still got another couple of years to go. So he's definitely a sellable asset. Listen, it, it feels horrible speaking about the players that you really, really like as being sellable assets. I mean, it, it genuinely does because they've brought us so much... Um, do you know what I mean? I don't want it to sound like birthday card nonsense, but they brought us a lot of joy the last sort of two years. Do you know what I mean? Last season in the league, yeah, it wasn't great. But my goodness, that Europa League run was incredible. Um, and the season before, winning the 55th um, league championship in, in such a big year for us, for no one else, for us, um, was incredible. So it's hard to, to sort of think about these guys maybe going elsewhere to play their football. And we, I, I hope... We don't get to that stage. In an ideal world, Graham, let's be honest, three of them would say contract extensions and the power then comes back to the football club as far as what they do next. However, I think there's there has to be an acceptance that one, maybe two of them uh, may use the power that, that, that Bosman passes to them. 
One player that, well, there's been a few players that signed a contract there, you touched on Golden, Scott Offield obviously extended as well. I think one that surprised me and, and definitely has a Sunderland connection to it is the fact that Alan McGregor signed a new contract. Now, he did have some good games last year. He made some great saves. Overall, he's been a really fantastic goalkeeper for Rangers, especially during the season of the 55th title. He was excellent, player of the year. Your number two is obviously our former number one, and a well-liked number one at Sunderland as well in uh, John McLaughlin. I think it's fair to say, going back to Ross Wilson, he's probably one of the successes that you've had. There's been a lot of shouts that maybe he should be given the chance to become number one for the next couple of years and then maybe bring the likes of Robbie McCrory through, or even, you know, Robbie McCrory as well. McGregor signing the contract was a surprise. He came on for the last two minutes of the cup final. It seemed like it was his swan song. Do you think it's been the right decision or the wrong one? See, this is a difficult one. This is a really uh, listen. We've we've done this to death on on, on this as Ibrox, to be perfectly honest with you, um, McGregor, and whether he should be given a new contract or not. I I'm one of the few that actually felt he should have been given a new contract, and I'll, I'll tell you the reason why. Um, I actually he's still the best goalkeeper at the football club, as far as I'm concerned, regardless of um having any sort of errors last season and he did have errors last season he won't be the first goalkeeper to have an error um, and th- my my main argument is that um, I think we wouldn't have got anywhere close to Seville if it wasn't for Alan McGregor um, and and that those sort of um, nights in, in Europe at Ibrox a, a, a great deal of them were down to, to Alan McGregor and how, how, how well rather he played in those games um, I still think he's the best goalkeeper we've got. And I would argue that last season, when there was cries of, do you know what I mean, he should be dropped, McLaughlin should come in, it it, it never happened. It just never happened. So I, I think what you have to do is you need to trust in, in Giovanni and, and the coaching staff and the, and the, the goalkeeping staff um, around the football club that they must see something in Alan McGregor that they don't see in guys like John McLaughlin and, and Robin McCrory. Um, now, what that is, you would obviously need to be in and around the training centre to to sort of properly see what that is. McLaughlin's a really good goalkeeper. I think with the ball at his feet, he's he's as good as as maybe we've ever seen at Ibrox. The one that kind of jumps into to my mind of of goalkeepers being being good at the foot, good with the ball at their feet rather, uh, was Ronald Vatterus, who was excellent with the ball at his foot, either foot passed it comfortably. McLaughlin's in that ilk. Um, and of course, we obviously have the the, the thing that Rangers fans are, are crying out for is that if, if crosses are coming into the box, McLaughlin will go and claim the ball. McGregor has never been comfortable for doing that. So from a set piece, I get that. But I just wonder if there's an argument, if that's coming from open play, should we be looking to cut out the cross first from the fullback positions? Um, and, you know, sometimes I just think Alan McGregor has became a bit of a an easy target, and I think it's easy to use things like age um, as a as an excuse for oh, he's too old now. It's time for someone else to to step up. Um, it hasn't done um, generally Buffon any harm as the as the seasons have went on. Indeed, I think he's continuing to play into maybe his forty fourth year. I think it is for for next season. So, um, listen, I'm quite happy McGregor's sticking around. That I must be honest. I think you may see a difference in the way that the goalkeepers are used next season, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, 
But fair play to Giovanni, he can't help but notice that there is murmurings in the crowd and amongst the fans that, do you know what I mean, should he have been given a new contract? Should McLaughlin start as the number one? Particularly after McLaughlin's not long signed a new contract. Um, so, do you know what I mean, a penny for his thoughts, I think it may be this stage of the season going into the, the start of a new one. I wouldn't be at all surprised if we went to that game at Livingston um, in that final Saturday in July um, with Al McGregor as number one. In regards to, to goalies, it would be really wrong and, and remiss of me not to mention, obviously, the really, really sad passing of, of Andy Gorham this week. Um, Rangers as a whole have had a, a phenomenal year in terms of getting to the European final. Everything we've touched on before, um, really memorable nights at Ibrox, but unfortunately, um, and really sadly, have lost Walter Smith, Jimmy Bell, and now Andy Gorham. Um, I don't really know how to sort of word this question, to be completely honest, but it's just a really sad year, isn't it, for the amount of people that Rangers Football Club have lost? Yeah, horrendous. Um, I mean, to so I, as I say, 42, so I lived through nine in a row um, quite, quite vividly, and... Um, each of the three guys you mentioned, of course, Jimmy Bell was sort of coach driver and then kit man and um, got closer to the touchline than I ever did. Um, so so rightfully um, retains a, a position in that fabric at the football club. Listen, it's been, it's been hard. There's no two ways about it. I think that um, the passing of Walter Smith was, was absolutely massive. And um, I think it's something that it really sort of sent a shiver down the spine of Rangers fans. Um, because he was in our day, he was he was Mister Rangers. You, you know what I mean? You you mentioned Rangers. You thought you, you probably still think if you think of Rangers, you think of Walter Smith, Ali McCoist. Do you know what I mean? They're the two names that pop in your head straight away, and it's hard to, I think, fathom now that that Walter Smith isn't around anymore. That was particularly sad. Jimmy Bell's came sort of hard on the heels of that. Really, to be honest with you, um, again, very sad. And it, do you know the thing about Jimmy Bell that amazed me, and I don't think anyone really understood it properly until he had passed away, is how highly he was regarded in the game by everyone that went in and out of Ibrox. Everyone. Um, players of the, the opposition who, who had, had been there, I, I think it was, there was a goalkeeper, John Connolly, it escapes me, um, who he played with. Um, he referred to a, a visit that he had at, Ibrox and how, how Jimmy Bell was there and, and made sure all the players of, of the opposition, as I say, I, I forget who the team was, but made sure they were all comfortable, they were they were sort of relaxed about where they were going when they got to the ground, their, their, their kit was okay, did they need anything? It, it, was, it was just more than what he'd done for, for the football club. Um, and again, someone who'll be hugely missed. Um, the, the most recent one is Andy Gorham. Um, which is, is, is terribly sad. I, I think that, um, you know, it's, it's hard to speak about a disease that I, I probably gets people that we know left, right and centre. Um, and, and, do you know what I mean? Without going into anything personal ourselves, I, I know that we, we we both have sort of instances where we can speak about that and how it's made mm-hmm. us feel. Um, Andy Gorham is really too quick for my liking, way too quick. Um, you, you hear about people that that um, get this sort of stuff and they have a chance for treatment. And Andy Gorham just never had a chance to appear for honest with you. And um, listen, from a footballing perspective, he's incredible, a great goalkeeper. Um, without question, um, fully deservedly of that, the goalie title. Um, you wonder if we'll see anyone like him again, to be honest. 
um, someone who who stepped up when he was really really needed. We, we spoke in the podcast over at the Cybrox just at the weekend past there, and we referred to the saves from Pierre Van Hooydonk, um, one at Celtic Park from the penalty, the the, the one at Ibrox, which is an incredible save. Um, we referred to uh, the the game at Leeds, Ellen Road. When, he, when he's keeping guys like Eric Cantona, Gary McAllister, Rod Wallace, who of course went to play for us later, kept them all at bay. Um, I remember seeing footage of, it was shortly after, I'm sure, after Walter Smith indeed had put him on the transfer list because he went AWOL in Tenerife for a week. Um, and he, he went, he, do you know what I mean? He, he worked his arse off, Graham, to get back to a, a standard of fitness and Rangers went to Greece to play Ike Athens. And we got an absolute doing that night. Um, I, I can't remember it finished two or three nothing, but we got an absolute tank and make no mistake about it. And Andy Gorham kept it respectful. Um, he his performance and goals that night was incredible. Some of the saves he made was just unbelievable. Um, but listen, you, I, one of the biggest compliments I think I can play to Andy Gorham is my wee guy's four. Um, so when my son gets to teenage years uh, and maybe show an interest in, in becoming a goalkeeper, the first person that I would show him footage of would be Andy Gorham because he was a small guy, odds were against him, but time and time and time again, he always came up trumps for Rangers. Talking about how sad the situation is, of course it is, and for all the reasons you've just, just touched on and everything we've read and we've saw and what his teammates and his friends have said across all three men that we've just discussed there, um, Rewinding back nine, ten, maybe a little bit longer years ago, I think, and even still nowadays, a lot of people look at Scottish football as a whole, as Farmers League, you've heard it called, you've heard all sorts of things, you've heard it more than I have. Um, do you think over the past sort of season, and I mean this, you know, both Glasgow clubs, the things that have happened in terms of the title race being really exciting, unfortunately for Rangers, not the excitement they wanted, but the Europa League run, the Ibrox Knights and the passing of three absolute giants of a football club has really shown the rest of Britain and maybe the rest of the world just how big football is in Glasgow. Uh, yes, I think to a certain extent, I, I mean, I don't think anyone would ever need to to look too far um, other than govern to see how, how big a football club Rangers are. Um, and if you're a follower club like we are, we... we defend them absolutely furiously in any sort of argument and understand them. So um, listen, there's no doubt <laughs> there's, there's no doubt that um, the Europa League run um, has, has put Rangers seriously back on the map. I think Rangers now can consider themselves not a powerhouse in Europe, but I think they consider themselves now a, a name to be feared. Um, I, there won't be many teams that would be looking to draw Rangers in a, a group stage of a Champions League or a, a knockout match to get to a Champions League. Um, not many people would want to come to Glasgow um, having to win or, or, or get a result to, to progress into a, a big stage of a tournament. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I get your point. I, I think that the last two years has, has really, um, I think it has been good for the game up here. Uh, and listen, I, I don't want to refer too much to um, our friends across the city as you, as you can probably imagine um, but there's no doubt if if they were to have a, a decent Champions League spell um, which I'll go on record and say I hope they don't um, 
and and we are lucky enough to get. I mean, it would be huge for the for the city of Glasgow for two clubs to be in the Champions League. It would be absolutely massive. Um, and listen, I, I, as I say, I hope it happens. I hope Rangers are more successful than that lot. Of course, I do, but um, I, I do hope we we have the opportunity to see them both compete in the Champions League. It's a top table, and they're, they're both big enough to be there, and and deservedly so. Anyone listening to this is going to wonder why I haven't asked this yet. And I've contemplated not asking it, but I'm going to have to ask it. So it's coming. Um, talk about Morelos potentially leaving. Sunderland could do with a backup striker. But one person we desperately do not want to leave because I love him. He is the best striker in the world. Um, <laughs> is Ross Stewart, of course. Now, unless you live on the moon, you'll have noticed that there's been one or two links to, to Ross Stewart, two Rangers. So I suppose my final question is, it's quite obvious that we do not want him to go. Um, I've read a lot of Rangers fans that are not too enamoured by having him, which suits me fine and every other Sunderland fan fine itself. But I know you're quite a measured, balanced man, Scott. Ross Stewart for Rangers, um, what would, if he was to go, which God, I hope he doesn't, what would be your your thought? I, you know, I think if Ross Stewart came in, I think he'd be quite a handy signing. I'm, I, listen, I'll be brutally honest with you, Graham, I'm not sure he's the sort of player we should be looking at. Um, and by me saying that, I'm not almost sure I can justify it. I think we should be looking to, you know, I think one of the main reasons that we shouldn't be looking at it is because the, the English market generally is super inflated. So there's a huge argument that you're not getting your coins worth for whatever you decide to press the button on. Um, Alfredo Morelos is an example, and I appreciate the world's changed since we brought him in, but we brought him, for, him in for a million pounds, which is incredible. I mean, who do you get for a million pounds now? You Not know? Ross Stewart. Uh, Not Ross Stewart, I'll tell you that. No, you won't. And, and more so with you guys getting promoted last year, his, his value goes up another couple of million. Of course it does. Um, so, listen, I, I think he'd be a decent squad addition. Um, whether Ross Stewart would be interested in coming up to Rangers to play third fiddle to Alfredo Morelos and Kemar Roof, I think is, is a different debate, which we probably don't have time for today. Um, but uh, I think he'd be a useful addition. Big, tall guy, strong, good with the ball at his feet, knows the knows the landscape up here from his, his time at Ross County, so would be useful. I don't think there's any doubt. Um, but you just have to wonder about what his, his ambitions would be as a footballer from going from absolute adulation um, down at Sunderland to perhaps coming up here and planking his bottom on the bench more often than not. I don't think he would he'd be a huge fan of that. So fair to say, you're happy not having him. We're happy keeping him. He should just stay here if he's listening. Status quo exists, mate. Absolutely. <laughs> Perfect. Scott, <laughs> always good catching up. Um, I'm hoping that my plane actually isn't cancelled and takes off and gets me to see the game. Um, unfortunately, I'll be back before we play Roma because we announced it yesterday. But I'm sure um, Rangers fans, Sunderland fans, Roma fans, whoever get themselves over there, will have a, a bit of sun, a bit of a swally and um, not really care too much about the result. But Scott, pleasure to have you on. Never thought it would happen. So I'm, I'm pleased to have got you on. Thanks for having me on, Graham. It's been really good. Listen, I hope you enjoy your trip. I hope it's the um, the first of a, a lot of competitive games across um, close season, and uh, I hope you have a really successful um, championship campaign next season. Thanks very much. Cheers.